0: Sitting in a, at a bar last night, and they, they're playing that CBS thing where it's just yeah. <laughs> where it's sort of like saw a bit of that. Paul and Ringo looking like they're trapped in the front row as, you know, like John Legend plays Hey Jude. Yes. Oh, this is all really sort of long preamble to ask. Like, I mean, I guess you guys kind of found a workaround, but um, I guess you weren't technically playing Beatles songs, but I mean, how, how do you tackle something like that? We had to learn, I don't know, about 60 songs
1: when we started because we played for four nights at the Indra and that's yeah. our first shows and um, it reminded me of when I first joined Got It By Voices because I had to learn 60 songs <laughs> at once that, that yeah that seems conservative <clears throat> actually knowing Bob right <laughs> yeah and that was in 96 yeah so imagine the catalog that it has grown since then yeah but so I got I was lucky no but um, we we uh, we were playing four nights in a row, so we learned... They they played every night for eight hours or something, so they had plenty of stuff written down that they had played. Even if it hasn't been recorded, there's research on that, that you find things online, people have found set lists from the the Beatles concerts in uh, at the Indra.
0: But, so, so that, I mean, that's interesting, so... Or know. not just the Indra, but the Top Ten Club, and yeah. the, the Kaiser Keller and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Um but But you're... You know, you're, you're playing, I mean, okay, so the, the conceit, and I guess we could bag up a little bit, the conceit is that, you know, this was the, what, the 50th anniversary of their first show? Yeah. So this would have been 2010. Yeah. They went there in 1960. Um, and you, so you're, so, so, uh, you know, you're playing all these songs that they were playing, so like, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of like 50s, late 50s rock and roll songs. It,
1: it, it ran the gamut, really, because there's obviously the Chuck Berry, Gene yeah. Vincent songs, Little Richard songs, which are great, um. Then there were girl group songs, the cookies mm.
0: chains, you know, like that.
1: Yeah. And uh then the Cabaret well there was Ray Charles in there.
0: Oh, there's Sheik, the Sheikh like the Sheik of Araby was that. Sheik of Araby, yeah. which
1: was I think they got theirs I don't know if they got it from Louis Prima. But they did things like that, you know, Besame Mucho. Yeah. and uh, we do Till There Was You. mm mm-hmm. Internet up on their record, but you know, it qualifies.
0: But, but are you doing are you doing Be- Beatles covers of these songs or are you doing covers of these songs? We're 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 trying to do it the way they did it. Yeah. As close as we can. So some of these, I mean, like you said, some of these um, recorded versions don't. We exist. put on so the leather jackets and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah the boots. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but it stops there. No wigs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
1: uh, I could use one too, believe me. But yeah,
0: I guess in that, thing, I guess that might have even been pre. I'm trying to. So so we're talking like what Pete Best at this point. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Pete Best Ringo joined in what 62, Late 62. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Is this, is this too too late for Stu? <laughs> No. Um, so we might even be talking like Pompadour is not uh, full-on. Oh, exactly, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah they, they wore Rock these Billy. sort of loose, glam, lame suits that they had found. They thought that was the thing yeah. to wear. I mean, then they did the leather, then they, you know. So I think our repertoire runs the gamut be- from Stu Sutcliffe through Pete Best up to, including Ringo. So <laughs> um, you all the if, in they, if they did a cover and it was... Written before, say, 1964, yeah. we could do it. And we do do a few of their originals that are sort of obscure, uh, like Cry for Shadows, and it's kind of oh, a surf instrumental.
0: T- Tony Sheridan uh, era, like sort of. That era, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: We do Ain't She Sweet, because yeah. John sang it, uh, with Tony Sheridan, That well, that lineup. And um, we do uh, another original, Ask Me Why, just because it's kind of a nice, yeah. you know. Uh, we do I saw her standing there And we call it 17 It just kind of Because it, it follows The lineage of uh, That song Talking About You By Chuck Berry hmm. Same bass line yeah. That's where they got the song Yeah But we stopped there Although uh, We You approach this very um, We call it Jumping the shark But we did it <laughs> We did that kind of This last weekend Because we learned The Sullivan set
0: <laughs> Yeah We
1: were going to do The Sullivan set At the Beatle Fe- We played the fest For Beatles fans It's yeah. called Beatle fest at, By Grand Central This weekend so we bit the bullet and said, let's learn the Sullivan set. So we're practicing all my loving, and uh, I want to hold your hand. We sounded awesome. And then they cut us off. We didn't get to play it. But we played it at Union
0: Hall. Now I'm glad we did. I'm sorry, you got cut off at Beatles Fest playing I want to hold your hand? Yeah, the your sound hand. guys cut us
1: off. They just, I don't know, they were following, following some plan. I see. We weren't on the main stage. We were in the, the cavern. We followed a beatboxer.
0: Well, I, no, I want to know everything about They let
1: the beatboxer go for a good 40 minutes. <laughs> Doing song. Beatles songs, loosely, yeah. yeah. Very. You learned how to work a loop station last year, you know. So,
0: so I mean, these are these are two very sort of interesting. I mean, probably very very unique sets that you play. You know, as in so far as the yeah. course of your career has gone. Like, so we're talking num- set number one. You're flying to Hamburg, like literally. You're playing these mm-hmm. clubs. Yeah, the we practiced in
1: New York a lot, and then. Um, Went to, went to
0: Hamburg, yeah, and and then and then you're playing like a, these, you know, the Beatles. The Beatles fan fest it just seemed like such a weird. That's the first time we've
1: done anything like that. We've scene. been together maybe three, four years. So. Yeah.
0: What was what was Beatles fan fest like? I mean, how? <laughs> I can't. I've like, never been to one of those before. so yeah. it's pretty
1: interesting. Uh, <laughs> lots of. You know, you have the merch. You have lots of tables set up, people selling Was this stuff. at that
0: hotel that where they, they had Grand the conventions? Hyatt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Usually
1: they have it in like Secaucus or something, Yeah,
0: right? But this was a special yeah, <laughs>
1: anniversary. Grand Hyatt's a nice hotel. But I only went the one day, the day we were playing. I didn't go all weekend. People played like Peter Asher, Peter yeah, Gordon, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Chad and Jeremy. Donovan was there. Oh, I wow. didn't see him. But those
0: are, I mean, that that's A-list. Of I that got to period. meet Frida,
1: though. Frida Kelly, yeah, the fan the, club president. yeah. She was so nice. She was signing DVDs and taking her picture with people. She just had that movie coming. It out. was really great. We ran into Mark Hudson walking around with his multicolored beard because he's you know he's always with Ringo's band. Yeah, he's a Hudson brother. Yeah. Do you remember that show? Were you little? Were you old enough to remember the Hudson Brothers variety? I show? don't. I mean, I know it by name, but okay. I, I yes, was, it was a little before, a little before me. Yeah, they had like a summer variety show. Yeah, Hudson Brothers show.
0: So, you know, it's already it's already seems like kind of a daunting thing to. To play Beatles covers in general, but to play them in front of the sorts of people who would go out to Beatles Fest, I mean, how did you approach that? Well, we needed we we wanted more fans. We wanted fans yeah.
1: who were actual Beatles fans that go to these fests. So this maybe... is this
0: is definitely an ongoing thing. This so now just... I
1: think we're going to do the one they're they're having in L- in L A. Oh wow! Okay. So I think they're going to give us more time now that they know what we sound like. Yeah. Everyone was going nuts. They just thought it was the best thing they'd seen all weekend. Because um, the way... We, we uh, also invited uh, Mark Lewison, jumped on stage and sang with us. The the Beatles historian. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Lewison. So that was re- a real honor. It was really great. Yeah. He knew all the early stuff. He sang Ooh, My Soul with us, which is an obscure Little Richard song. And uh, Hallelujah, I Just Love Her So, which mm-hmm. is Ray Charles. He knew that one too. So that was really cool. So so I mean so the, then in Hamburg we yeah. played in front of people who had actually seen them in 1960, some people. Yeah. Cotton Tops. So, um Cotton Tops? It, they all had oh, white, white, white hair. hair. Okay. <laughs> some people r- were super sweet. There was one older guy, older, I mean he's about 80. He yeah, won a dance contest. Paul handed him a bottle of champagne for winning
0: the contest in 1960. Yeah. Yeah. How did that whole thing come together? Um,
1: Mark Razo, our singer, and uh, Ira Elliott, our drummer mm-hmm. um, I play in Not A Surf with Ira Yeah um, They were in a band called Maplewood Touring over there And their label was German Tapitas from Hamburg They were there the year before in 2009 And said, hey, is anyone celebrating the Beatles' 50th anniversary of first playing here? Everyone said, no I said, really? We've got to We'll be the guys to form that band to do this Yeah So they did um, and then uh, when I was touring with Not A Surf la- uh, The next year Ira asked me If I would join their, um, They had a, a friend, Darren Who was rig- originally recruited for guitar And um, he was running into some scheduling problems And not learning the stuff as fast As he could So they got me in there But um, And Eric Paparozzi is our bass player mm-hmm. um, He used to be in Cat Power and some other bands So, um, yeah, we went over there to do that, uh, really specifically for that purpose. Hey,
0: everybody. Just a quick break in the action let you know that this episode of R.I.Y.L. is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, you can go to squarespace.com and use the coupon code R-I-Y-L. I Y have got uh, 20 highly customizable templates for you to choose from. You can start a trial with no credit card and start building your website today. Uh, also 24-7 support. So if you run into any problems, you can go to the site, you give them a call, they'll help you out. It's all. It's based in New York City. You know, the, the city that never sleeps. So you know, why, why, why should their tech support? So uh, you go to squarespace.com you enter the coupon code R-I-Y-L, you get a free trial, you get 10% off, and you get a Get a lovely website, and then also we get money. So everybody's happy with that deal. uh, Squarespace, thanks for uh, thanks for sponsoring this episode. I mean, it sounded it sounded like uh, the way you described it before. You guys were kind of these—I don't know if "celebrities" is the right word—but this sort of just weird presence there. I mean, all the. All the TV cameras in there were, were, were there to check out the, the Americans oh. playing Beatles songs in Germany.
1: Yeah, they, we even did a set for NDR, which is their their public radio, a national uh, DR. Anyway, uh, so that was neat. And Arte, the TV, sort of the TV equivalent of our NPR, PBS. PBS, yeah. Um, did a whole special on us and filmed our first show and interviewed
0: and everything, so... It's kind of crazy. So you, so you're, I, you know, I've you, you've always struck me as this kind of you know like rock and roll journeyman. I mean, you know, the first, you know, I, like probably like most people, the first time um, I I was familiarized with your work was through through Gated by Voices, um, okay. you know, and I saw you saw you uh, with them a few times, and then um, a couple years later, I'm at the, the cake shop going to see the Oranges band. Oh yeah. And there's a you know there's a familiar there's a, there's a familiar looking guitar player. I mean this is it seems like <laughs> you're kind of the the I don't know if hired gun is the right word but you 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 know you
1: at times yeah. yeah. Um I knew Roman who fronts the Oranges band. Um the Oranges band had opened up for God I by Voices in the past.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Roman had a, a cool band called Roads to Space Travel before he was in Spoon. I had actually seen them in Cleveland. But we did some shows with Spoon, and Roman was the bass player for Spoon. This is over 10 years ago, I think. And uh, then he formed the Oranges Band, and then they ended up playing with us too for a few shows. I moved to New York, and Roman said, hey, wh- you know, why don't you just record on this next record we're doing? And we're three-piece right now, and you'd be perfect to add some stuff. And so I went down to Baltimore a few times, recorded, and we did some shows. Had some
0: fun how do you how do you how, how do you exist in you know five or six bands all at the same time i mean what is what is your life like well the, the oranges band that 's not yeah that 's going yeah. anymore but um, but I mean at right now you, you probably name what four right now it 's kind of crazy just because
1: everything 's coming out at once Yeah. I have a solo release, and uh this coming out we, we have this band, this bambikino Beatles weekend just happened um, not a surf is starting to do some shows again. <laughs> Uh, there's one other project I'm forgetting why <laughs> <laughs> see this is well, a bad sign <laughs> of course Death of Samantha Death of Samantha's record is, yeah. it was originally supposed to come out yesterday It's uh, the official release date is March 3rd so Death of Samantha was the band that I was in in the 80s hmm. we were on Homestead Records we were signed by yeah. Gerard Cosloy yeah. wow. um, back in 86 huh. Cleveland Band and so we reunited, and our first sort of
0: post-reunion record is uh, coming
1: out. It's a double vinyl LP.
0: I mean, especially especially right now when all of this stuff is coming out at the same time. I mean, do you feel like you're being pulled in a lot of the different directions?
1: Just right now, yeah. um, but things things will have a way of dissipating, I'm sure, or evening themselves out.
0: Do you are, do you do you just do you need to keep busy? I mean, I mean last year
1: there wasn't anything happening, yeah. but I was recording, on, working on these projects yeah. that are now coming to fruition. And also there's another thing I did last year that I produced a band called Eternal Summers. And they have a record coming out on K9 in March. Uh they've been on K9 in the past. They're yeah. from Roanoke, uh
0: three-piece um really great band. So do, do you just do you need to constantly be working Is that no? <laughs>
1: no, no. The um these projects just kind of yeah. happen and I take them. Yeah.
0: But there's a few instances where you you know you um, you joined a, a pretty pretty well established band. I mean, Guided by Voices is a sort of a weird case, right? I mean, at least you know my understanding of it was that Bob just kind of hired a new band to to back him up, more or less, right?
1: Cobra, Cobra Faraday? at the time in late '96. Yeah, he had um, I guess at the time he had run his course with the guys in the the original lineup, yeah. who we knew. Cobra Verde knew everybody because we were on some tours with them. Sure. I, the, the Ohio Indiana scene of is me probably me and John yeah. from Cobra Verde because we were in Death Samantha and Bob liked those records. So he was a fan from way back. We didn't know he, he had our records, but and so yeah, Cobra Verde recorded uh, Mag Earwig and toured on that that year, ninety-seven. And when that sort of lineup. Uh, imploded or dissipated or whatever happened um I stayed stayed on
0: for is the it, next 8 years <laughs> <laughs> uh you know is it what, what what is it like i mean what is it like joining up on a you know and, and not a surf is another good example of a very well established band mm-hmm. that's been around for some time you know i i, I can't imagine it's easy to just sort of to t- to step in there um
1: as long as I learn the stuff and they, they are okay with what I'm coming up with, yeah. it's not too, too hard. I just have to learn. I mean, I, I actually had sheets of music the first couple months with not a serp. Not actual notation, but little chord charts. How, you had a little how the stand. songs go until I. Yeah. yeah, I actually did have a stand. <laughs> I'd never done that before. But um, I was glad when I. I'm sure they were too when I lost the stand or felt comfortable enough to get yeah. rid of it i mean um with guided by voices i just kept playing cassette tapes at work over and over and over and over until that's how i learned i just listen and listen and i have a good ear what, what was work at the time uh i managed a frame shop warehouse it was in the back of a frame shop chain in no Cleveland. offense but
0: that sounds like one of the most boring jobs i mean
1: it was great i mean i, I was a de- uh, delivery guy yeah <clears throat> and i delivered um frame framing supplies to five stores in around the city on two days a week and the rest i was stocking stuff and listening to music and filling things. orders yeah. yeah well i got to have a boombox it was pretty autonomous which was great i mean you can't yeah you rarely does a job like that come along
0: yeah
1: where you can just kind of play what you want i mean there were girls working in the front of the the, the store front, the actual store framing and everything oh. And this warehouse happened to be just in the back of this one store in a shopping center, a strip mall. But, uh, yeah, just listening over and over is the way, the best way I learn. And then eventually I'll kind of tr- try to play it. And,
0: and a Voices is what got you out of the frame shop?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I had the frame shop job and um, GBV started touring a lot and I had to quit that. And then... 98 was a little quieter year. We didn't start recording due the collapse until the fall of that year. So I was a court reporter. Um but it wasn't stenography. It was okay. um, tape recording and videotaping. Okay. I'd I'd just go to depositions, yeah. and set up lavalier mics on people and
0: in mean, a relatively low skill Watch these places. heated
1: you yeah. know debates go on and
0: weird divorce cases and stuff. Just make sure I got it all on tape, you know. So, I mean, so you guys were on TVT at the time, but, but it, you know, it's not...
1: We recorded it for Matador.
0: Oh, wow, well, okay. Uh, Do the collapse. Yeah. Um, they were slated to go through
1: Capital. That deal fell through, and Guided by Voices' manager said, well, let's look for something else. We did, and TVT bit. Yeah. They wanted to put the record out, so we said, let's see what this is about.
0: But you've... But- you 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 weren't able to actually you know quit the day job until the actual full time touring kicked in.
1: Yeah, kind of later in later in '98, more things started happening. Or no, when I had actually had to come come to New York to record with yeah. Rico Casick with you know yeah. Bob and the band.
0: So must have been a <laughs> been can not I, I I can't I can't even imagine what recording with Rico Casick must have been like. I mean it, cuz it it's it's a controversial re- recording in the you know in the the pantheon of guided by voices lore.
1: Well, yeah, we didn't know it was going to come out like that. Um Bob said, "Let's he's our producer, let's trust him." Yeah. I said, "Okay. I had I had some major problems with the way things are starting to sound.
0: You kind of feel spectral." Or yeah. the
1: the the mixes cuz I thought it would be at least dry. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the band, but I liked the the quality, the the sound of the Weezer record. Mm-hmm. And uh what he did with that I thought, cool. Um, and so, I don't know. He, his engineer at the time as well, he kind of let him have a lot of free reign, and they they put a lot of reverb on stuff and a lot of effects. Rick...
0: There's some synth kind of...
1: Rick played a lot of synth yeah. on it after we left from the basic tracks before we came back to mix. Then yeah. we came back and he said, listen to what I did. There's Teenage FBI. Yeah. And we just kind of listened and listened, you know? <laughs> and do,
0: do you not have, I mean, does he have ultimate say on the record?
1: Well, I think Bob could have, <clears throat> if he wanted to, he could have really protested and put his foot down and Rick would have said, well, yeah. okay. But he wanted to see where it would go. He yeah. wanted to see if it would create singles that were, would sell. I mean, you
0: know, yeah. it was kind of
1: an adventure, so.
0: He seems like somebody, Bob seems like somebody who's not super precious about that sort of thing. I mean, especially, uh, at least given his output.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, no he's not he's not. I mean, he he has a direction for songs or or an album, but um he he wants them to come out pretty quickly yeah. after being recorded. Uh so I mean, he wants them to sound good.
0: So 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 you so you know as you're saying before um you know, I I, I that that it's it's it sounded like you you are you're, you're trying to put your stamp on the music as much as possible i mean even when playing some sort of you know like older songs with like a like a, a not a surfer a mm-hmm. got by voices well
1: i'm certainly not trying <laughs> i'm really you can't not help it.
0: <laughs> i have a I guess i have a a way of
1: forming chords sometimes or yeah. a way of playing but um i think they call I that style f- Doug. <laughs> yeah <laughs> when i first when i first joined got it by voices it was as as part of cobra verde yeah and we all sort of that whole band had a style and everyone was kind of a flamboyant player, dresser, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh and we just kind of brought th- brought that all at once and um it was a little much, I think. I still think Megerigs is a good album. I just
0: Yeah. Of course. I wish
1: I would have laid back a little bit. And then I then I I did as yeah. years went went by. I wanted to kind of blend in a little more and just kind of not be so out there with the playing.
0: I mean, you've got to trust, you know, when you're in a -a non-a-surf or when you're in a guy but you've got to trust that they know what they're Mm -hmm. doing to some But with Do
1: the Collapse, I lived with those songs for a long time before we actually went in. We were still looking at producers when Bob gave us all the demos of everything and I'd worked up a lot of those on my four track, even made up some drum beats for a couple of them that McPherson uh, went on to implement, actually. yeah, But, Jim McPherson made up some amazing innovative drum beats for a few of the songs like surgical focus and art, he's are, art. very inventive as a drummer. I mean the cannonball beat for the breeders. He did yeah. that. That's, oh, kind of, oh, that's wow. Jim McPherson. Yeah. You know, so that's
0: kind of the iconic drum beat of the nineties as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's really, <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: really creative. Yeah. And I love that about his drumming. So anyway, um, I kinda thought this would be sort of a white album sort of really dry sounding record. And um uh, it kind of continued in that tradition of yeah, well look at what Guided by Voices is now, you know, the Gillard guy joined and everything sounds like it does. Mm. That's that was Rick's
0: uh
1: production oh, so you, you <laughs> on undo like, the Collapse.
0: You feel like you got some you specifically got some shit for what happened to the sound of that record.
1: Maybe I was just taking it that way. Yeah. But everything just kind of happened like that at once. Also, also, um, Robert started writing. He started writing songs a little bit differently. Yeah. Um,
0: it was like a perfect storm. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: just started. He, he saw room to write more progressive rock songs. And so he started writing those. Actually, Rick Ocasek made him write more prog songs. For Do the Collapse, we had a bunch of kind of really nice punk and pop songs. Yeah. And he said, "Lose this, lose this, lose this. Go home and write more prog songs." And so Bob rose to the challenge like a champ. It was like one week he wrote great prog songs, and put the, we put those on the record
0: instead. That's like I, I don't know if I've heard of an instance of a producer coming in and saying, telling <laughs> telling a band to write different songs in a different style. That's well,
1: there were a couple that were going in that direction. And okay. Rick, Rick said, oh, he just liked. I see. He said, "Hmm, I like." write more songs like those. I want to make this a mind fuck record. Yeah. So, yeah, he written, Ocasek really wanted to put his own stamp on this record. So he did, but yeah, def- definitely. I,
0: I was, I was thinking about this before that, um, I was reading, I was reading the little, like one sheet on the, um, the new record and, uh, you, you've kind of oh, gone. Oh, my new album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and you've kind of gone in, in, in the opposite direction of, you know, kind of, being the guy who comes in and plays guitar in a band to literally playing every single instrument. Well, saved. I've
1: always done that Yeah, um, with my own stuff. I just haven't... I did my own stuff in trickles, it, mm-hmm. in, in small batches, and really didn't forcefully try to put them out. I was on a compilation in the early, early 90s from Cleveland. I mean, here and there, put out a cassette tape, put out a song here or something there. Um and I kind of wish I'd been more serious about it to begin with. Hmm. Uh well, in the 90s I had a band called Gem which was um where I could do a lot of songwriting. I didn't play, the, you know, it was a band. We had yeah. a drummer and Tim Tobias wrote a lot of the songs as well. Um but um so that was a nice original music outlet for me. So I didn't have, you know, I didn't really have a solo. That was kind of a solo project. Half of a solo project. But um, I did a song of a, a song, a tape of cover songs, mm-hmm. in about eighty four, eighty four, eighty five. I was about eighteen, nineteen. And instead of spending money on, in the studio on original songs, which I should have, because I had them, I did covers. I did four cover songs. Put it out. It was fun, though. Yeah. But I played everything on that. I started off as a drummer, actually, when I was a little kid. and <laughs> I played drums in marching band in high school and yeah. in the percussion section. It's session. funny because that's
0: the one instrument you don't play on the...
1: Well, on this, on the new yeah. one, yeah. this—that's the first record of mine that I haven't played drums on. Um, I got smart this time and hired uh, good guys to play drums.
0: You're just, are you, you're just not as confident in your drumming as you are other...
1: No, but you can hear it, too. I I have great ideas, I mm. think. In in drums, great beat ideas and fill ideas. I just put my meters. Kind yeah. Of, I don't know. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> we would have had to fix and move a lot of things. It, it
0: it's it, it's a pretty I mean it's a pretty quiet record. at points too where you know again as somebody coming to you as I'm sure a lot of people are from from these other bands that surprised me a little bit. You know, I I actually saw you at the um, the uh, uh, Scott Miller thing. That was the first time. Oh okay. Yeah yeah. So I you yeah. know. That was about as kind of stripped, stripped down as you can get. Mm-hmm. Just staying there with your, uh, with your acoustic guitar. Oh
1: yeah, did I? No, I, I think I did electric
0: on that. Oh one. Do you Well, anyway, just you standing <laughs> yeah, there yeah. with the guitar. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. What's What's the difference? What's the difference in in, you know, writing, writing guy guy in a guitar songs versus th- these big, loud, bombastic rock songs. Well, I I try to have big Bob rock songs on my. Oh, solo, there definitely so. <laughs> are. No, no, there definitely are.
1: I try not to. Uh, on um, I had an album called Salamander out in two thousand five, two thousand four to two thousand five, and then Call from Restricted came out in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. There are a couple quieter, acoustic or yeah. songs on that, folkier or whatever. And I kind of purposely try not to write those kind, <laughs> because. I really don't like representing as a guy with an acoustic guitar. I could do solo sets, but to me, it's just not interesting to watch. Yeah, I'd rather have a band. So fleshing out the songs.
0: Yeah, but you're 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 making you're thinking about playing the songs live later as you're recording them.
1: No, that's the problem. I write, (laughs) I write things that are. I I don't think of the live thing at the time, and then. Yeah. When it comes time to do them, I have to figure out a way to do some of these parts. So, But that's that's a nice challenge. Or I'll just change it. I can just change it to make it easier for your rhythm guitar player or your bass player or whatever. But um, I don't mind. I'd rather have a record sound complex yeah. than simple i don't know
0: (laughs) is there is there (coughs) makes any sense is there a doug giller band (laughs) is there a a, you know specific band that you tour with on these songs um there
1: probably there probably will be two or three different lineups there's one in texas that i use for south by and things well george i recorded half of this record in texas Mm. in austin i recorded at louis leno's place um Louis plays sometimes keyboards for Not a Surf. He produced some Not a Surf things. Matt Pompier. Mm-hmm. He has a nice studio. And George Duran played drums on half of the songs. And uh, he plays in Sally Crews Band currently and with John D. Graham and some other things, Dump Truck. Uh, the other the other half I did at Travis Harrison's studio here in New York. And uh, Travis also plays drums on half of them. And He owns uh, Serious Business. Recording here in New York, in uh, Soho.
0: You're a Cleveland guy originally, right?
1: Yes. What uh, what what brought you out here?
0: Well, my wife and I were we lived
1: in Charlotte, North Carolina, for a couple of years, um, mainly because we got married, and that's where she her work was. Yeah. I moved from Cleveland there, um, and most of my friends were living here, really, and there was more for me to do here obviously, musically, so uh, we did that, and uh, we've been here
0: about seven years. Do you get the opportunity to play out more live when you're in New York? Definitely. Yeah.
1: I haven't had too many solo shows lately just because I haven't been hot on booking any, but things will pop up every now and then. I Ted Leo was gracious enough mm-hmm. to ask me to open for the both mm-hmm. at the Bell House mm-hmm. recently.
0: The Amy Man. Yeah, yeah, that
1: was a great show. Um, basically, I go where I'm asked. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to be proactive and actually be active about booking my own show or have someone book the shows. But they kind of pop up because I'm asked to play.
0: Um, G- you know, given 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 the opportunity, let's 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 be totally hypothetical and you know imagine that this record does really really well. Um, do, you, do you keep playing with all the other bands, or do you want to just if be your I own? If I can. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really
1: enjoy uh, playing with Not A Surf and hanging with those guys. Um, they're all really nice. Uh, Robert Pollard and I still do projects every now and then. We have yeah. something called Lifeguards mm-hmm. um, that we'll do every a record every eight years or something. <laughs> we had one a couple years ago. Um, I do all the music and play everything, and Bob... Yeah. Comes in and sings and writes...
0: Bob beats Bob. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's that's tons of fun. Um, yeah, and, and Bambi Kino is probably one of the most fun bands I've ever been in. So, I mean, hopefully everything will keep going.
0: Yeah. B- Bambi Kino sounded like it was um, designed to be a one-off.
1: Well, no one really... Yeah, I guess no one really knew what would happen after that I mean the page on our, web, our, our labels website still says it was 50 years ago today <laughs> that was apropos in 2010 but not now sure. so um, but we, we play at Bowery Electric here a lot we just played Union Hall mm-hmm. so we found that that was really fun to play some New York shows and we played in California once we might do it again
0: haven't played Liverpool yet <laughs> Um. Yeah, you must. say, I mean, clearly, you've missed the cavern, cavern anniversary. So that. <laughs> yeah, we we still might go there, though. I mean, that yeah. might be might be fun.
1: Because it's this is a high concept uh, Beatles band. We're not a tribute band uh, per se.
0: It's clearly it's clearly because I you know the way I heard you talking about the um, the way you're approaching music. I mean, it sounds like a very kind of academic band I mean, clearly <laughs> clearly it's a band full of beatles nerds you were telling me earlier that yeah, you're yeah. reading you're, you just cracked the massive uh like nine volume beatles biography
1: yeah because it's new and um it's a great it's, it's very comprehensive mark lewison's new one but everyone in the band sort of knows as much as they can about that band yeah and uh we're not. It's, I wouldn't call it one-upmanship. No one's trying to one-up each other, but it's
0: an ongoing fascination, for, like trivia-wise, with their history. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's we, it's weird to watch to watch all this unfold now because it seems like you know as 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 lovely mm-hmm. as as Frida seems, it just seems like they're they're kind of grasping at grasping at Beetle things to to cover right now. It's such a it's such yeah. a strange. Well, I think novel.
1: Frida's story is highly interesting. Though. Yeah, it's very.
0: But what other? I mean, cool. what other? Artists in the world would have warranted a documentary based on on the the fan club president. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, they they are the most photographed, slash, researched, slash, written about band
0: I think ever. Now, I mean, all all the more reason why it's difficult to approach that music. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, to are you trying to do something different, or you're just having fun?
1: Well, we were trying to trying to do something different yeah. no one else is really doing the, the, what Bambi Kino yeah our, our same approach there are some bands that are s- trying to specialize in the the, the Cavern Star Club mm-hmm. stuff but kind of not to the degree and the energy that we're tackling it with I think there's lots of live uh, YouTube vids of uh, Bambi Kino we have one album on On Topita in Germany but it's it's hard to find over here just because of distribution and everything, but we did a studio album of our covers. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun though. We might do another one. You don't know.
0: So, so you've been you've been writing you've been writing music all along, then right? I mean, since since you were what seventeen, eighteen?
1: No, since I was about five. Wow. <laughs> I, well, I put out a cassette through Scat Records in about nineteen ninety or something like that. Yeah called It'll Be Such a Thrill. That was the name of a song I wrote. I had sort of a toy guitar slash... It was between toy and almost real. It had steel strings, but it was plastic. It was from yeah. Sears. I would make up songs either on a drum or a hoppity hop or a guitar or something. And I don't know, songs about animals. I was just whatever. Sure.
0: whatever a five-year-old sings about. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> we had a reel-to-reel tape recorder in the house. Yeah. My sister lived in Germany at the time. Her husband is in the service for, over there for about three years, and instead of writing and paying a bunch of postage, my parents just got went mm. to J C Penney and got this reel to reel tape recorder, just like a like two channel, one channel, yeah, um, to make sort of audio letters and like, well, Dougie's in school, he's doing okay. He just started kindergarten, you know, yeah. And Cheryl, my sister, would send uh, the equivalent back and say how they they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated with recording and making up songs, and I got my mom, made her turn on the tape recorder <laughs> until I learned how to work it yeah. myself. And so I still have all that stuff. I've digitized it. Just I haven't really re-released it yet, but it's pretty funny.
0: Is it, you know, as somebody who's been writing his, his and performing his own stuff since he was five, is it, is it hard for you to take the back seat sometimes? Oh, uh, what do you mean? Uh, you know, in terms of um, in terms of working with you know a band, where obviously there's one kind of overarching, I don't know, if leader is the right word, but certainly songwriter. Oh, well, no, not really. I'd, I'd like to think I'm good at
1: at letting that happen. I mean, it's fun for me to just concentrate on playing guitar. Yeah, and the occasional backup vocal, if it's warranted. Um, it's harder for me to be a front person which I have to do when I do my solo stuff hmm. live. How so? Just concentrating on it you have to concentrate on everything you have to keep everything yeah. in mind and um, you go oh man is the, is the band playing this thing right?
0: You gotta be the manager and the singer yeah. and the guitar player and everything. Yeah because
1: you you want the songs to go a certain way. Yeah. Um, yeah so all that and also singing i i don't have a real strong voice uh as far as stamina in live and sometimes it'll crack and
0: projecting you know. and yeah know. that yeah um, it no matter good how on record. no matter how much i sing yeah
1: i'm i'm pretty hard on myself when i record though yeah. i try to hit notes and do it over and over until it sounds uh good enough <laughs> that i can live with it you know but uh, with with Not A Surf, it was nice joining that, them uh, because I wasn't filling anyone's shoes. Mm-hmm. They hadn't really had a second guitar player before. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. Yeah. Just adding stuff. Yeah. Or maybe playing something that's on a record they're not able to play live because it was an overdub. And uh, so that's that's been a lot of fun. Uh, and with Guided By Voices, I was sort of filling... I was filling some shoes, yeah. of of a couple guys, <laughs> which was it's very difficult. But um, when you when you're playing the older stuff, mm-hmm. when you're playing the newer stuff, or the or the records that I recorded on or made up the parts for, then it's it all falls into place.
0: The, the, as you as you alluded to earlier, the you know the I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of different styles on the the solo record you know I hear, I hear like i hear i hear a little buzzcocks in one of the songs i feel like i feel like a little squeeze i don't know if i'm i'm on point with that yeah actually <laughs> you're right on point with that <laughs> i kind of set out to make
1: that sound. yeah which is reminiscent you know, of
0: squeeze which is a you know pretty 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 admirable as far as as I think, far as
1: the a- angel x yeah i just had that i just had a squeeze song in my head yeah when i was writing that uh, another nail on my heart or something like yeah. that yeah um so, I just—I've always liked them. I always thought they were amazing.
0: So, I think it's interesting, though. I think you know this. It sounds—it sounds like you're approaching songs as as styles, almost, as you know. I kind of want to. Well, wanna aside song. from that, aside from that yeah. one, I hope nothing
1: is. I mean, nothing. I I didn't set out to really sound like a certain no, type of not. song. And
0: so you know, and I'm definitely not accusing you of being a sound of like oh, so much yeah. as saying
1: that like. The songs are very
0: different from. One yeah,
1: I didn't really set out to do that, but I like records that are diverse. Yeah, I like. I've always liked albums that sound like they're from different sessions. Even I don't like homogenous. Yeah. Records where there's a huge drum sound in every single song, or just the same drum sound in every single song. The first Pretenders record, mm. different sessions, mm-hmm. different sort of drum sounds. It's great, you know. Uh, Never mind the Bullocks, same way. It sounds like you're you're trying to The white
0: album revolver, yeah, yeah. or I mean, obviously the buzzcocks. You know, <laughs> those, are, those are literally different. They yeah. might, yeah, they yeah.
1: Well, they might have albums that are pretty kind of same sound the whole record, but their records are amazing. So, yeah,
0: um, uh, so I'm 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 curious, and we, we we can actually end on this, but you know, I'm sort of curious to get your take on the um because it, you know it seemed like. Toward, towards the end of guided by voices i mean that was it was what was it the electrifying conclusion mm-hmm. i think was the name of the yeah. last door um sort of this i i mean it felt it felt like you guys were kind of closing closing that door right or was there an understanding that it might open again one day
1: no it was uh supposed to be the, the closing of the door yeah <laughs> and bob told us about it maybe a year beforehand and we were all prepared for it and it was all mm-hmm. fair and not a surprise and
0: you know, obviously you're on you're on good terms with them. You're still working with them, but is it yeah. was it was it sort of weird to see that <laughs> that rise again? Um,
1: it, it felt a little weird, but I knew all those guys. Yeah, and that was the original lineup. That was the lineup that those we, were the
0: shoes you were filling. Yeah, that was yeah. the lineup
1: that we all came to know. Yeah, and liked the records before we even knew them. I mean, I remember cassette tapes floating around Cleveland, and a scuttlebutt that. Robert from SCAT Was gonna sign the band This band hmm. from Dayton That's pretty cool Yeah And All the guys In Cleveland Underground bands Or I guess Now the term's Indie Bands Um Were passing tapes around This gotta Boy voices It's great well, Yeah it is Wow Hey they're gonna play The Euclid Tavern Wow I gotta see that And then we met him And then Bob We ended up at a party And Bob said Man I can't believe I'm talking to Doug From God From uh Death of Samantha in Someone's Kitchen because yeah. he really liked my playing on what, some of our old records. Yeah. And he liked John, uh, the singer-songwriter Death of Samantha, Yeah, then Cobra Verde, then John ended up in Guided by Voices for a little bit. And now he's in Sweet Apple and Death of Samantha again. Anyway. So Bob was a fan already and we didn't know it. Hmm. But, um... So, back to the... the the reunion thing of uh, Manador wanted them to. They were their 21st anniversary is coming up. Yeah. Their big show in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. They called Bob and Matador's they wanted. Yeah, they wanted him to reform the band, <laughs> but it had to be those guys.
0: Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that yeah. was like
1: the moneymaker for Manador, or the the yeah. impetus that they they wanted the thing they wanted to see. So, um, Bob didn't want to do it at first. He resisted several times, but he did it, and uh, it didn't make sense to not keep going with that. Really, yeah. I mean, they had a good time on the road; the crowds were good. So, you know, why not keep that going and make some more records?
0: I do, I do like you know, I, um, I I guess part of me on on occasion finds reunions annoying because it's very clear when a band is just trying to 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 cash in. Yeah. There's there's something nice in this idea because you know your 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 band uh, from the 80s you said just got back together and there's there's something nice in this idea yeah of,
1: and that's certainly not for money
0: <laughs> yeah but and there's something nice in this idea I mean, we just didn't like, sell anything
1: then uh, yeah and we didn't really tour around much so but um, it's more of let's do this we're all yeah. we all know each other again now and it's yeah. fun
0: that's, that's yeah it's great I mean I, I like the idea that it's just this thing that can kind of be around and mm-hmm. you know maybe yeah. we'll revisit it and. Play again.
1: Well, the the thing with Death Samantha is all the records are out of print. They have been for a long time. Mm. Um, what we did is we re-recorded our old songs, kind of the best, our our favorite ones hmm. from each of our three records and EPs and everything. Yeah. Um, we recorded the rehearsals for our reunion show. Basically, is what we did, and put that out. So. Um. But yeah, back to to reunions. Um. I talked to Black Francis once I was in a band called My Dad is Dead In Cleveland For a little bit um, The live lineup anyway Mark Edwards And In 1990 We toured with the Pixies We opened up for nine shows In the States uh, Their yeah. Bossa Nova album Because yeah. Charles liked Mark's songs He liked My Dad is Dead and So there we were Nine shows It was great And My pal Um brian pool he plays in um of montreal Mm. from athens yeah of course he was in town a few years ago and said it was a benefit for mark yeah mark mcahy and his because his wife just passed away he uh, so and um so black francis was there doing a frank black doing a frank black set
0: whatever he's called these days yeah yeah.
1: i saw him in the hallway and i said hey um how's it going so i was gabbing with him for a little bit and he said, "Yeah, you're doing more Pixie stuff." He goes, "Oh, yeah, it's a gift that keeps on giving." <laughs> so, um, I know they're having a good time
0: with that too. But yeah, I- I'm just, I'm just uh, curious. You know, uh, um, again, you go back and re-record all these songs from, I guess, 30 years ago now, or close to. Yeah, what 80? 80, about 85 to 89. Yeah, so uh, um, well, we're 25, I guess. But mm-hmm. did, did you go back and listen? And 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 I'm wondering, like. We had how to. <laughs> you're playing it, but but how you're playing is different from <laughs> on the newer recordings.
1: The playing, I guess, I guess it's a little different. In in a way, it's just the same. But I get to do that again in Death, yeah. Samantha. I just I just went off and played constantly, even during the verse vocal Sometimes, just it was we were just a free for all, <laughs> and uh, just running around all over the place. Um, so it's pretty freeing to be able to play like that again. Mm. I just kind of just. Uh, do that and play leads all the time <laughs> or licks or whatever. But <clears throat> I think it's gotten a little more refined. I've always tried to maintain a little bit of sloppiness and, and <laughs> wildness and everything to, uh, to the way I play yep. or have some element in there of that. Cause I was always a fan of the sloppier sort of players like Robert Quine and mm-hmm. Bob mm-hmm. Stinson and things like that. I've learned a lot more About forming chords Though Over the years And chord voicing. You said you did weird chords You were a weird chord player I try to Yeah I try to <clears throat> I always try to form Sort of different Voicings Of chords Things that are pretty Or things that are Kind of weird Or something Cause really If you if you play it If you play it enough And you put it in a song And you record it It's still not very weird It's I don't know Nothing's that weird anymore, anyway. But even I even saw King Buzzo said this on on a YouTube vid, like he was like giving guitar tips, and this is just really recently I saw this. Yeah. He probably did this video a few years ago, but he said, "Let's just try something different. Don't don't play the same old thing and play some. Try to find something you like, but throw something kind of weird in there."
0: Yeah,
1: he said, "I guarantee you you, you, you repeat it, you put it in your song, it's not going to sound weird to you after a while." it'll still be something a little interesting. I said, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, he's got the right idea.
0: There you go, Doug, Doug Gillard. Uh, I probably, like, most of the people out there first, uh, first saw Doug as part of uh, Gatabug Voices. So saw him several times on the, um, uh, the I guess, breakup last tour or the breakup tour before they got back together without Doug Gillard and the other members of, uh, of Cobra Verde. Uh, but, um, like, in the... In the months right after that, he seemingly was was popping up in every single band out there. Uh, I, you know I remember um, I remember going to the cake shop here in New York and going to see the oranges band play downstairs and he was in he was he was playing with them. Uh, he was playing with, uh, with not a surf uh, all over the place, and and I didn't realize also at the time that he's he's had a lovely uh, lovely solo career for some time now. I think he's been releasing music um, under his own name in some form or another since since yeah, about the uh, the mid nineteen eighties. Uh, but uh, I did get a chance to see him perform solo. Got um, probably like four or five months ago now. A um, Scott Miller uh, tribute. I'll actually, also. Also at the cake shop, uh, did a, a lovely set. Um, the first thing that I wanted to ask him when when I, I did the interview was, was how he possibly managed to make all the time to to uh, to play all of these different bands. Um, he's like he's seemingly all, all over the place. He also made the time to actually come out to my apartment in uh, Astoria Queens to have a, a lovely chat and drink some green tea and, and maker's mark and talk about the Beatles and kind Boy voices and whatnot. Um, so thanks, uh, thanks again so much to Doug for taking the time to do that. He's got a, a new album out in April, like, pretty much exactly a month after I'm recording this right now. April 8th is the date. Uh, it's great. You should Check it out. Um, all sorts of, it's, it's, as musically diverse as one would expect from um, a member of as many bands as as Doug Billard is a member of. Uh, so thanks so much to him for for taking the time. Uh, thanks to Joe for setting this up. Uh, thanks to uh, Brian as always for editing it together. Oh, thanks to Squarespace for um, you know for, for sponsoring this podcast. And uh, thanks as always to everybody at uh, the Morning Podcast Network. Lots of great podcasts for you to check out over there. Uh, you can do that through iTunes. And um, you know while, while you're at iTunes, you should uh, give us a rating. Give us, give us some stars on this show. Uh, you can uh, send us an email. It's rylcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Tumblr. That's also rylcast, but that one's at tumblr.com and you will get all of the show information there before it goes up on Boing Boing, before it goes up on iTunes. So you can brag I guess to all of your friends that you uh, you heard that episode um, hours if not days before uh, before everybody else did uh, lots of good episodes coming up and we will catch you uh, just about this time next week for another episode of R.I.Y.L.